With me, Richard Innes. And me, Steve Meyer. Um, this week we are, well, we're looking at a very specific issue which, um, whatever you do for a living, almost certainly affected. So with this week we're looking at the work-life balance. You are a working man uh, or mum and you introduce a child into that and suddenly you need to find space for everything to fit into your life. You still want to see your child um, as much as possible, but you've got to put food on the table and roof over your head. Um, this week we've got a guest, our first guest, Hanson from uh, daddylife.com. Um uh, if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your experience, because I think you you changed your working life when you had your your son. Is Max right? As Max, yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, quite significantly actually. And uh, thanks for welcoming me onto the show. Um, so when Max was born, I was actually working. He's three now, right? Three, yeah, gonna be three in two days. Uh, happy birthday, Max. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it should be going out the time he's first uh, time was three. Happy birthday for what's been gone. Um, so, so yeah, the time when he was born, um, I was working in the city, doing some crazy hours and kind of feeling that life was really, really busy in a way. Um, and I think when he, when he came into the world, something definitely changed. And so I still remember at the time, just those first two weeks, this is prior to Jed Parental even being a thing, unfortunately. Um, and I just remember those first two weeks just going by. For us, blink of an eye, isn't it? I don't think I really changed that in my pajamas once, really. Um, but it was just the most sort of chaotic yet blissful two weeks ever. Um, and I knew actually from that point just something had to change. I knew just that sense of work-life balance was not there at all. It was something that I'd have to focus on increasingly. Um, we actually did a study quite recently and then she showed that, what was it, 72% of working dads actually feel close to burnout. Like I was every sense of work, right? And, and it's just that sense of like burning both ends of the candle in terms of, as you were saying, kind of you know, putting food on the table, or going to work, doing what you've got to do at work. Can we just say, sorry, sorry, Hans, because uh, we were we were saying you were talking about we did a study, so yeah. we can learn. So you're from Daddy DaddyLife.com. Yep, that's right. Um, and so the website, it, I mean, it's quite it, it, it's got quite a significant reach already, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So so it reaches around about hundred thousand dads uh, a month through sort of website and social, uh, and a few other channels as well. Um, and, and you do studies like this through the website? Yes, so we've done a few. So we've done a few with working families. Uh, this particular one was actually one that we, was actually done by another company called Talking Talent, but we then interviewed them and kind of asked more depth about their research and insights. Okay. Um, so they're, a, they're actually a consultancy that essentially focuses on um, coaching. Essentially, but they, they did a brilliant, brilliant study. Then when we kind of took the part of their results that they didn't publish and just really focused in on the working dad part in particular, um, and it was just fascinating just to, to see that mm. that level of working dad or that number of working dads actually feeling that sense of real pressure if it's sort of both ends of both ends of the spectrum. And that's what took you to what to create the website, I suppose. But going back to your your experience of your paternity leave, I suppose, and this is the yeah, way you were getting towards definitely definitely. So like my own paternity leave was was a huge huge changing point in terms of just knowing I think you just feel it instantly then actually something needs to change in, in your life and I think that kind of pressure of wanting to be more present father but not wanting to kind of neglect the, the work so to speak um, was a huge driver of, of me setting up dad life in the first place but also I guess in terms of my own personal circumstances at work so I, I still work in the city but actually what I've done now is actually pretty much two to three mornings a week I'll, I'll now take Max either to for a nursery childminding um, I've actually done 
more sort of flexible time now. So mm-hmm. where I'll usually do sort of a good stint between say ten to four, pick him up. Um, especially because my partner actually works away quite a lot as well. So there'll be quite a lot of times where I've got to just be very, very flexible around mm. almost sort of doing like a Spanish day almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from siesta. I was going to say, there's no siestas. There's no siestas. Yeah. yeah. No, no. <laughs> um, so do a bit of sort of late night working as well to, to catch up. But mm. I think it's definitely worth it because you were saying before about that sense of quality time. Yeah. Um, you know, so something I noticed that I was doing, even sort of being there physically present but not always mentally present you know, yeah so you've always got one beep away yeah yeah email or that annoying notification about something um and i just you know that moment sometimes you just see the world through your child's eyes yes i could just see i think this was about it was less than a year at that time and just everything was going on in terms of sort of website or work or family and everything and i noticed i was just constantly on this thing and i just kind of saw the world from his eyes and he was just looking up at this guy he was just not he was physically in the same room but as far from like being mentally and emotionally present as possible. So how do you physically go about changing that? That's, so, that's the question. That is the question. So what I do now is, is no bit of a lie. I get in from work and I literally like fling my phone to the corner and I don't touch it for two hours. I do not touch it. Literally, yeah. it, just, it just stays in the I like that. I love it. Because Jackson looks at our phones more than mine and my wife. <laughs> and he's, he looks at my phone and says, Mummy. And looks at her phone and says, Daddy. Because he's only coming up from he's nineteen months. He's already worked out that's how we communicate with, and it's an important part of life. Or he yeah. must think it is, and that's really interesting to, to to take the phone completely out of the equation. I think it's a really good idea. Um, how did your um, employer? Because this is the thing we were talking about this yesterday, and not everybody is in a fortunate position yep. where they can do flexible or compressed hours. Some people have to work shifts. Yep. Um, how did your employer, uh, how did you approach it with your employer? And also from your work on daddylife.com, have you come across dads who are doing it in a dip, are finding it harder or, mm-hmm. or have changed their life in a, in a different way? Yeah, it's a really good question. So for me personally, I'm pretty, really fortunate in that um, I felt comfortable to have a very confident, anonymous conversation to say, look, you're still going to get the same outputs, you're still going to get the same delivery, but it's going to be done in a slightly different way. And I guess I was pretty fortunate to be in a position where I could have that sort of conversation quite quickly mm-hmm. and have you a know, pretty understanding employer that would get that. Um, it probably helps as well that little, the leadership in my organisation has recently become new age parents as well. So they're kind of quite It does make a difference when, when the boss is a parent. I, I, I had this recently where um, my son Ben, he had to go into hospital for an operation and I have to say, it made such a difference that my line manager has two young kids himself because there wasn't even a debate, there wasn't even a conversation. And I'm not suggesting that it, you, your boss has to be a father in order yeah. to, to empathise. But immediately it was uh, understand completely, it might take as long as you need. Yeah, my boss isn't a father, and when I went to some reduced hours, he was fine with that to the same, have the similar conversation, which is you're going to get the same out of me, just going to be done in this way. But it's interesting that you have to, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, Ham, but you, you had to go and take that that idea to, to your boss. So what, what I'm getting at is that there's probably a lot of guys out there who wouldn't necessarily even know how to do it or may not feel comfortable going to their boss and saying, I need to reassess the balance, I need to reassess my working hours and, and my, my schedule across a week, um, rather than there being something in place where you can say, right, are you a new father? Here are your options. Mm, you actually yeah. have to take the initiative, and which is clearly what you did. 
that's a really good point actually um because uh, he this is no, not to, to hate on mums and all that, but I think if you think about the progress of mothers in the workplace, mm. that is very culturally established now, mm. where actually when you've got, especially a first-time mum, I think you'll have in most offices around the UK that sense of at least needing to have that conversation, mm. you know, because it's so culturally established. But you're right, it's not as culturally established from the fatherhood side of things. And, and you know, maybe it's an area that needs to be looked at more. Mm. I think... At the moment, it feels more from fathers we hear from around the dad love community as well. It's more about how can they even approach the conversation. Um, there's an article, in fact, it's linked to that insight around the 72% um, or working dads around actually how to have that conversation. Mm. There's a few tips that we've actually given from uh, a couple of those um, professionals in terms of actually how to even approach your boss with what to well, what would be your What would be your starting point? So if, if there's a guy listening to this yeah. who's thinking, right, oh, it, you know, I'm supposed to go now. Rather than a guy listening to this, there's a guy talking yeah. here right now. Right? <laughs> so my son is seven months old. I feel pretty burned out. I feel slightly overwhelmed. Um, my wife is having to approach the idea of going back to work. So now, I, I, again, I'm fortunate here at the Daily Mirror. I have a very understanding boss who has been very helpful with stuff. But for a guy like me in another position who's who might be thinking... How do I go about trying to reassess things? How do you, what, what is the first step of taking it to the boss? The first step is actually knowing that you want to do it in the mm -hmm. first place, because I think sometimes, as you were saying before, it's so culturally, it's not necessarily so culturally established to even have that sort of conversation. So sometimes I think well, what we see is a lot of dads, some are suffering silence mm -hmm. a little bit until what we don't want to happen is get to, get to a point where it's genuinely breaking point. Um, so I think the first step is actually. I was taking a step back and saying, actually, I want to do this in a different way. Yeah. And I think just having that self-awareness of, of that first. Then it's the next level about, actually, who do I actually need to talk to about this? Because in most cases, it's going to be the boss first. But it might be someone else mm. in the organisation. Maybe someone else that's done it, or someone else that's done it in a different way, or someone else actually in a different team, a different environment, or friends and family who've had that conversation and actually learning from how they've done it as well and that yeah. doesn't have to be a dad doesn't have to be a dad yeah. that can be a mum absolutely you look around generally around certainly around our office and the flexible workers are predominantly women and when I was considering doing it that's who I went to that's who I spoke to I spoke to the people that were working four days a week or had a working mm. from home situation to ask how they went about approaching it in the office how did it end up they now work four days a week and I'd say that to any dad that's listening who's thinking of it talk to the women who have done it because yeah. you should be treated exactly the same way you know you should have exactly the same opportunities to do it yeah. Yeah. as as your female counterparts in the same way that equal pay should be it's just a two way street all, yeah. all the rights that that, that um, are available to mums should be available to dads I, I think but you see, that brings me on to something I was I was going to ask about, which is is the culture because you kind of hinted at it and the, the the cultural element that and that is something again goes back to sort of my own experience where I find myself thinking, well, as the provider, I have to be working harder. There's a, there's an element within me now that I have a kid, so therefore I have to step it up. And I've I've just started a new job here, a new position, and that that idea that okay, well, is this is this my bit? Is this my contribution? Actually, yes, I do want to be with my son. Yes, I want to spend time with my son. But is there now that expectation that I have to ramp it up? I have to move my career forward. I have to earn more money. I have to do this. And that's what I should be doing. So then there's almost this element of, well, maybe this is the sacrifice. Maybe this is what I have to do. Well, the way 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a, an element of that. But I think from talking to dads of older children, the older they get, the less they need you. Yeah. It's this point, first time dad, up to school age, where you are doing a lot more hands-on caring because they're not off doing school clubs. I guess if you compare it to maybe a you know, 14-year-old kid, mm. they probably don't need as much yeah, hands-on parenting. They can probably go to the fridge and get themselves a sandwich <laughs> and they can probably entertain themselves. They've probably got social networks, you know, friendship groups that they can... Whereas now you're you're doing all that for them, I guess. So I don't necessarily think it's a change forever. Certainly that's not the discussion that I had. The way I approached it, I said this is a potentially a, something that might alter. It, it changes as life goes on, like everything else. And it's very true. Perhaps. And I think that's a really good point. It's almost, you don't want to get to a point where your child is suddenly a certain age and they don't need you as much and they don't sort of see you in the same way that they used to because you know, they're growing into their own sense of personality and identity even more for um, and then almost regret what, what could have been and I think for a lot of dads though I think it is that transition phase in terms of if you're used to especially pre your first child you're used to working in a certain way you're used to a certain routine and a certain kind of behaviour and, and then it changes and I think it's almost having that sort of self-reflection about what's important to you and sometimes that isn't actually that obvious because you kind of go back into the same routines that you had albeit way more tired <laughs> yeah. and actually with way more thoughts on your head in terms of oh, when you want to get home and do I need to think about this and this and this and it's actually that first stage um, can actually be the hardest in terms of like what's really genuinely valuable to you and I think once you know that you can find the people that can help you along that journey but I think um you know, what I would say, the project we've done recently with working mums, even with a small part of the shared parental leave, really highlighted that as well about, you know, there were families that were taking equal time off because they had, I guess, the honest conversation with themselves to say, we're never ever going to have this sort of quality family time ever again like this. So actually, let's take it off together and let's actually use it to do something. So you know, we interviewed a few families that actually literally, like, even left the country for a few months, mm -hmm. like, and just did that thing mm -hmm. that was like a sabbatical um but it doesn't have to be just for that period of shepherd and salim i think if you if you kind of carry that on in terms of what's like what's genuinely important to you mm -hmm. and you have that sense of real real honest conversation firstly with yourself um then i think actually the rest of it in terms of finding people and have all that conversation mm -hmm. yeah flow quite and there's and there should be no shame if you don't want to do it we're not trying to tell dads that you should definitely do this you should be flexible and that's the only way to go and if you're not somehow you're not being a good dad it's not going to be right for everybody not everybody wants to do it everybody's relationship different mm -hmm. you know how you're set up as a guy we're talking I'm talking as a personal point of view but that's how I decided that yeah. you know, I wasn't seeing enough of him weren't spending enough time with him both got full time jobs for me and my wife and it made more sense for me to become the flexible yeah bit more flexible in my hours than it did for my wife um so yeah that's something because and, and i think that's absolutely right that in terms of it is it is per the individual in terms of how you want to play it because i i am currently being torn in two directions inside my you know in, in terms of in my own thoughts that there's a part of me that thinks well i'd like to go and move out to the countryside and you know get a get a quiet little job that uh, would allow me to spend you know all the time in the world with Ben and my wife and that would be lovely but then there's the other part of me that thinks well hang on a minute <laughs> I, I need to move on I need to be successful I need to push I need to push I need mm -hmm. to push 
um, which comes from any manner of places. But you know, that, I think there are men everywhere who feel that mm. right? that you have to push, that you have to push, yeah. you have to do better, earn all, you that, provide for your family, yeah. and all that. And it's very difficult to to reconcile those two yeah, things. Of course, and, and uh, you know, I don't think you sh- anybody should necessarily stop trying to mm. better in any aspect. But it's what it, it's what constitutes success. Yes. So yeah. when you become, and this is, the, I think, this is the fundamental question that we're talking about, isn't it? Is that when you become a father, what constitutes success? Is success being able to provide? And it, and this is not to scoff at, but is it is it being able to provide the best possible life for your child? In terms yeah. of you know material things, yeah. which are important, yeah. regardless of what anyone yeah. says, um, or is success raising the happiest, most comfortable, most confident mm-hmm. child you can? Um, and again, that's because both of those things are very valid. Yeah. So, but the two don't always go hand in. And as I said, you're not always going to have be in a situation where you have a job which enables you to do yeah. that in this world of gig economy. Uh, you know, where you, zero hours contracts, where you don't have the flexibility, you don't have, you're not fortunate enough to work in a company where you can go to somebody and say, I want to change this in my life. Because the answer you might get, well, there's somebody behind you who doesn't want to do that and makes there be an easier person for me to manage. I'm sure that you can't say that, you know, that legally, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that that's, that's, that's the reality for Lots of dads. See, and we've got you on here because you're someone who's clearly managed to resolve these these questions within their head and work out the answers. So, what what was your kind of thought process in doing this? So, so it's kind of what you said in terms of what what is genuine happiness now. And I think for me, you know, we meet a lot of dads and have a lot of dads who have been very honest with themselves and say, look, you know, my role is I go to work, I earn money, and actually lies of happiness is less spending more time every day and actually having that sort of regular weekly dad date so you know saturdays and sundays are like more exclusively their time and that's fine you know that's that's what makes them happy that's their their sort of vision of success if you like um i think for me it was it was the other way around for for me personally it was more about actually how can i see max and be part of his life kind of on most days in a slightly different way, whether that's about, you know, bath time or feeding or, you know, one of the things I love now too, as it sounds really geeky, but um, one of the best parts of my day is actually just that 15 minute walk in the morning. And like, it, honestly, it's like, it goes by so quickly, but. So just chat accessory. Yeah, yeah, all sorts of show mind of just, we just chat about the world and we did a, a, a feature on it actually around um, Prince William, because remember when Kate was ill. Yeah. George's first day, it was, it was, well, it was yeah. The kid and like no one really focused on that. It was all sort of like, oh, Kate Hill, therefore, yeah. you know, was sort of stepping in. But actually, we sort of t- totally different take on it, which is actually, um, it's brilliant. Like, it's actually it is, quality. T- it is, it is, yeah. I picked Jackson up from nursery about almost four or five o'clock every day. Yeah. And we have this 10 minute walk home and we walk past the same apple tree and yeah. it always says apple. Yeah. And we walk past <laughs> the cars. There's always a motorbike parked there and he goes, brum, brum, <laughs> past the motorbike. And if there's a bird or a squirrel, he points and goes, dap, dap. And you ask him how he's been. Do you want a drink? Yes. Do you want a banana? No. And you have a little interaction on that on the way home because you're both observing what's going on. Yeah. And you know what's going to happen. If you're lucky, a fire engine will go past with its lights on. And then that's, you know, that's the best walk home possible. Max at the moment, I've got to say, is, is doing something hilarious. He's, he's actually cracking me up, no sense, no silliness, because um, there's this car that's basically like stuck. 
<laughs> in the driveway because they're building a, a space, a new front wall around it. Then every time in the morning, go past and this car sort of building his wall. He goes, car stuck in the mud. And then he doesn't walk past. The guy you can see. Car stuck in the mud. Don't know how he's going to get it out. See, I'm, I'm, like, like, I'm at a point with Ben, obviously. Ben's only seven months old, so we we aren't having those types of conversations. But I suppose it's interesting that we do still have that interaction. Yeah. So there are t- so every night, you know, I typically at the moment I get home from work, I don't know, sort of quarter to seven maybe. And he's just having his he's just having his dinner, so I'll come in and help with the dinner as it's, as I literally I walk in the door and I take the spoon off my wife and just mm-hmm. I'll, I'll feed him off. Yeah. And then we sit down and then he and I have sort of fifteen minutes just playing on the mm-hmm. sofa. And I have to turn the TV off because otherwise he'll be looking at it. And we do and it, you know, he's nowhere near being able to talk, not even close. But we can still have that back and forth. He just developed the ability to be tickled and he thinks it's absolutely hilarious and he goes into hysterics and it cracks me up. So we will literally be rolling around the sofa, the two of us, and he's gig- he's giggling wildly because I'm tickling him, and it's making me laugh, and we're both just rolling around laughing, and it's brilliant. And then you know, and then he has the bath, so we, we Lindsay and I bath him together, and then he comes downstairs and he has the story with me, and then Lindsay takes him up to bed, and it's a routine, and that, and I, you know, regardless of what's happening at work, I have to be home for that. That has to happen. I can't miss that because if I miss that then that's a day that's gone by where he hasn't seen daddy and that's not okay. Yeah, you see, that can't do that. That's the same with my wife, that she gets home after I've given him, because I pick him up and say, take him home, give her some tea, play with him, and then he has baths and books, goes to bed at seven. And sometimes my wife, because the trains have let, let us down or because something's going on at work, she doesn't make it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she comes in at 10 to seven, having sprinted, the last, you know, 400 metres through the, uh, along the pavement because she knows that she needs, to, she wants to get back in order to see him. Same, exactly the same thing, but it's like the man and the woman both experiencing the same thing. So at weekends, Rich, we talked to, uh, about these dads that spend time on a Saturday and Sunday. At weekends, what's your time with Ben? Do you get you and Ben time? Do you take him swimming? What do you, do you, do you take him in and give it to us? Because he's not at that stage where he's really active, and he's only just started sitting up, so he's not really at that stage where he can do a lot of physical activity. There's not sort of things that we can necessarily take him to. Um, I mean, he, he does classes and he does things yeah. and he likes music and all that kind of stuff, so we might dance around the kitchen and, we'll, you know, we'll go out for a walk and do all the, all the things you'd expect. But I think, actually, the, the thing my wife, Lindsay, always says is that when the two of us are with him, you see the difference in his face, the difference in his behaviour, that he is so aware now Wow, mummy and daddy. Yeah, and you sit, and you know the the sort of delight that brings him. So I almost don't. I almost prefer it to be the three of us yeah. than just me yeah. and him, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, 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 no, um, in a in a weird sort of way. But I think to go back to the work life balance thing, that it's it's that it's the making that choice to leave, isn't it? To get to get home for that. Um, and I guess it comes back to your point, Anne, about just prioritising what's important to you because there are times when I'm sitting here, particularly, I'm, I, as I say, I'm in a new position, in a new role, doing a new job, and you want to hit the ground running and you want to be seen to be as proactive and as involved and as engaged with your new position as possible. But when I say, no, 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 six o'clock, I'm sorry, I have to go, that's it. Um, you ne- you can never tell how the other person is going to take that. Mm. Is the other person going to say, yeah, of course, I understand that completely, man. you can't miss, miss out with your kid. Or are they thinking, well, I need this bloody project finished? What you know? What we well, how's that mm. going to pan out? So you can't you can't go inside the mind of that person. Mm. So it must be different for every dad because 
if you're a dad who happens to work in a job with that person, when you say "time's up, I've got to go," yeah. he's going to he's going to understand. Or have you got a boss who's going to think, "Well, that's not bloody good, is it? You're no use to me." And it also guys depends on. Just occurs to me what age you become a father at, depending yeah. on how where yeah. you are in your career, depends on how easy it is to have that conversation. If you're straight out of university, or you know, not even you're straight out of college. And you go into a job and you become a dad when you're 21 mm. and you've only just started your career and you're on the bottom couple of rungs of your ladder. Potentially it's harder mm. to have that conversation. I mean, I'm a lot older, so further along in my career, I feel more confident in my career that I'm able to go, okay, well, I'm going to change how I work, but it would be harder for, 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 a, for a younger, yeah, a younger dad. So, you know, I feel sympathy if that's the right emotion to, to a dad who wants to do be around a bit and have you found that a lot in in the dad community that yeah, you've built up definitely but i think particularly younger dads who don't work in typical office spaces as well where it is more shift work or they've got significant amount of time away like we've got a few dads who um kind of work on all rigs and stuff like that and literally like once at a time um it must be or the old horses i guess as well yeah yeah it's just be quite in as well actually um, uh, uh, what we found with this actually is kind of goes back to that original question actually of what what do you view success like and, and I guess another way to think about the question is what are the absolute things that you're going to commit to your red lines yeah exactly so like your red line is six o'clock that's one of your red lines and I think you um, obviously can have that conversation at whatever appropriate time in whatever appropriate way and I think for those guys you know, their red lines are physically they can't just be there, but actually the Skype sessions and actually being there in terms of actually, you know, the picture messaging and all that sort of thing, just actually finding their own ways of being present. And when they are back on shore, you kind of, you know, they are, you know, deep in there. So yeah. I think people, I think what people wish to take out this is that for a lot of things, a bit like shared parents leave, actually, you've got a lot of guys doing it now who I actually see as like real leaders in terms of breaking ground for it. And either we've had some cases where, um, there's been literally no HR policy at all for any dads, and actually it's taken the dad to do something like share parental leave to even kickstart that thing. So I think even having the conversation with someone, actually a lot of dads are genuinely breaking ground yeah. for other dads who are going to follow. Mm-hmm. And that can happen at any level, you know, whether you're straight out of college, whether you're the highest of the high on you know, the, the top of the ladder. Um, so I guess each, even having that sense of where are your red lines, where are your commitments, and actually beginning to have that conversation is going to be so important, not just for yourself and your family, but for actually others who are going to follow as well. And it does occur to me, we are banding around the phrase shared parental leave, and there's a possibility that someone listening go, is saying to themselves, what is shared parental leave? <laughs> yeah. We will do a podcast on shared parental leave, but very briefly, it's the ability to split the 12 months leave that is available to a mum traditionally after the baby's born between two parents into several sections so mum could take three months off then you take three months off mum takes three months off then you take three months off uh, or cut it up however you want normally the maximum is two amounts of time that you can you can take um i should point uh, out this but so steve knows a lot about this because he did this yes i did he's, he's he's and, and back to hansan's point i was the second person in a company probably of two or three thousand people to take it so it was you know that hr had a policy but it was not you know the thing that was on their mind immediately yeah. 
You better believe you're a case study now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a case study of my own podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get you okay. on as a guest. Yeah. yeah. You're hosting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I can't have a guess who that. Voices or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what Share Parental Leave is. We will come back to it and we will have in an employment expert on Share Parental Leave and somebody other than me who has taken it or maybe taken it a couple of times. Do you want to think I would tell you though, I think I told you it would be brilliant separate episode around it is um, we've found a lot of people who actually have done you've done the share parental leave and then gone on to do a four day week or compressed hours and actually yeah it's been amazing actually that yeah that pattern when you see it when you think to yourself when you have three months hanging out with your child your little boy taking him to classes activities you're like I want more of yep. this not less of it but it's I would uh, I can't talk for women but I suspect that that's why a lot of women afterwards, having their 12 months off, opt to go back three or four days a week. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about that phrase of being on the right and the wrong side of history. You know, we talk about that a lot politically and socially and stuff. And it feels to me, when the way you're describing it, it's like you're on the correct side of history. <laughs> but actually, as we go forward, you know, 50 years from now, because if that, that what you're saying is that you're getting an insight that a lot of dads, in fact, the vast majority of dads never get. Because you never get, I mean, I, I can't envisage a situation where I am Ben's primary caregiver for, you know, an extended length of time. Because Not not, not because I don't want to be, and, and um, but because my wife is there with yeah. him and I'm the one out working. Um, and I think a lot of dads don't get to see that and therefore don't get to learn the lesson that you've learned. Yeah. But hopefully, got, as time goes by, as years go by and, you know, decades yeah. go by, that will be better. The, the, the key... Um, of history again, actually, interesting enough, is, is Sweden. Yeah. Sweden. Yeah. Share parental leave was only a thing in Sweden in 76. And it's actually taken until good till 30 years for it to be. 20 years. Good 40 years, yeah, to become like the de facto thing where, you know, I've got, I've got much bigger than that. It's 18 months that they can share between um, parents. And, um, but that's taken you know, literally. That's an interesting idea, actually, in terms of what we're talking about and, you know, finding the balance within your life. Presumably, with the da- daddy life community you've built, you know, you have people from all over the place coming to you. So you must see a huge variety of experience in terms of, you know, how different societies, different, you know, in different countries work. Yeah. And, and view this kind of thing. Yeah. I think for, for what we see, um, Scandinavian countries are like <laughs> yeah. way ahead in terms of just that level of progression. And it's very culturally embedded, very workplace embedded. Like, it, they actually do have those conversations. You know, we're seeing about uh, new dads, they have them at the same time with new bums. Um, so you don't have to take the initiative. The, the conversation is already there yeah, to be had. There's a but that's literally been there is. A but there is a cost. I mean, we are, I'm evangelical about it because I did it. Yeah. Um, but there's a financial cost. Yeah. You know, you don't get paid three months. Yeah. That's a pretty big one if you are the primary breadwinner. In Scandinavia, is it? It's different, isn't it? Is it set up? It is. But there's a. I think I'm. I, I'm not an expert in Scandinavian tax, but I believe <laughs> their tax it's rates pretty fifty percent. Yeah, you see, it's pretty much yeah fifty percent tax in, in there. So that's there's reason why they have amazing public service. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, if you could look across other countries in Europe about how they work, we've mentioned a Spanish way of working. We talked yeah. about yeah. siesta. It's, it's you know. <laughs> there are the costs to the, to the altering, but it, it goes back to what you said about the red line and what's important. What what do you value as happiness, success, and it's individual. You know, right. I don't think there's a one size fits all for it. But I think well, it's so, important to let dads know yeah. who want to do it. There are other dads who have done it, 
this is how you might go about doing it if you if you're basically staring down the barrel of it and you're like how do i approach this because to, to your point i think my my personal view for just for me on shared parental leave is that i would love to be the sort of guy that would say please give me three months looking after my child in reality i'm not sure i am that guy and that's not a reflection of how much i love my son because i love my son more than anything it's the bloody on the planet it's more that I suppose I, the way I, the view I have of who I am and what I need to do, and also the fact, the very basic fact that I think my wife is better at looking after him than I am. Um, she's an amazing mum and she does a fantastic job. So there'd be that, there'd be that sort of pragmatic way of looking at it for me, where I'd say, well, maybe I'm yeah. making more of a contribute. You know, maybe the better way I can make a contribution is to be doing all yeah. this stuff. Paying the mortgage, etc. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to it in Shed Parental Leave. But I agree with what you say. I mean, and I found that when I took mine, I thought, well, Zoe's great, mum. How am I going to replicate this? Yeah. But come 12 months, roles changed. Yeah. You have a very, you know him. Yeah. You were spending all day, every day with him. And he's a different character to he was when he was nine months. And actually... This thing we mentioned in a previous cast, where say, yeah. you don't know what his cry is, yeah. you don't know he's hungry. The the roles reverse, and you are the person that knows what his cry is. This is what he wants. This is when he has his sleep. This yeah. is, and it's because, as we discussed in, a, in that previous episode, we, that is one of the great frustrations for a dad is that you you are the one who is being told how we parent the child, mm. not through the fault of your, your wife or the child's mother. It's just that that's the reality because she's the one that spends the time. The person who spends the most time with the child will be the one that knows the most about the child. That's just common sense. But yeah, work-life balance. It's a complex subject. I was thinking of something actually before around it, which is, um, it's not really occurred to me until something I having this discussion about it actually, which is, I think a lot of that pent-up frustration and that tension is sometimes because we go through a lot of change ourselves as, as guys. When you become dads, like... Yes, we're all pointing. This is why it's a podcast. Yeah, podcast. But I think you know, just even having that first conversation about what what are your red lines, what are your commitments, and actually, sometimes actually that's as much for yourself as it is for other people. Just to kind of know that you know, this is actually my view where my role is, what I think is success, and actually what's right for me at the time. And I think just sometimes even managing that yourself in your own mind can actually give yourself that self-reassurance about why you're doing what you're doing and kind of not questioning everything necessarily because you're right it's everyone's individual journey and i think sometimes it's too easy especially like until the age of social media to sort of look at someone who's doing something a different way looking at dad shaming you i'll do that yeah, yeah exactly dad shaming there's enough of that that goes on in other every every child's different exactly. and similarly every dad's different yeah. exactly at some that's the point you know i'm fortunate enough rich and i to be able to work within half an hour 40 minutes of our office i've got friends that do an hour and a half commute uh in both directions for work and that means that that's going to impact on your ability to get home like rich does for that you know tea time playtime. but that's you know every, everybody's so everyone's different the sad reality. Um, i suppose you know we, we, i guess we're coming towards the end of this discussion but I guess the sad, the sad reality is there's no easy solution to no, that. There isn't. There isn't. But I think a lot of things are changing, though. If you think about how workplaces are starting to become more virtual, you think about people having more of those discussions about flexible leave, you've got initiatives yep. like shit. Like, 
there is definitely a foundation of stuff. And I think it'd be interesting to do this again in you know a few years' time. Yeah, actually, look, yeah. At, it's changed. There's the phrase, isn't there? And this might be a, a, a bit crude that, you know, nobody has on their gravestone, I wish I'd spent more time at work. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a very crude way of putting it. No one says, I wish I hadn't spent as much time with my kids um, either. I think everybody do with spending as much time with their kids as possible um and i think you know that hopefully getting that work-life balance right yeah. you know is, is is part of that i think one thing we haven't discussed is because i agree with you completely i think one thing we haven't discussed as part of this is that in order for that to be true in order for that balance to be pushed mm -hmm. back towards the family and towards spending time with your children you have the thing you have to scale back is your dependence on money yeah i mean that's essentially it you you have to you have to scale back your material needs. You have to say, okay, well, we yep. don't need this, yep. and we don't need that, yep. and we don't need that, and therefore I don't need as much money, yep. and therefore my career is not as important. Because at the end of the day, yes, I know as men, and I could say this personally, I know as men we view our careers as almost like a reflection of ourselves. I think that's very true. Yes. I don't think it should be the case, but I think that is the case. Um, but at the end of the day, as certain siblings of mine constantly remind me, we do this for the paycheck. Yes. You're, not, you're not doing it. You're not going to work every day for a laugh. Yeah. So you're going to work fun. every day. It's called work. You go to work every day so that you can earn enough money to pay the bills and pay your mortgage. Yeah. That's a reality. Yeah. So if you don't need, if you don't have that same dependence on that salary, then by definition, the career becomes less. Yeah. Or, or you, yeah, or you can, um, like Hanson has, which is change his working hours. So it sounds like you're doing exactly the same as you did before or as, right. as close as possible but you just work just kind of middle of the day and actually scale back the amount of work not necessarily no okay so no, I, I usually just um, split it so I guess I I personally don't actually think a 9 to 5 even exists anymore to be honest I don't think it has for a long time and I guess <laughs> just following that pattern but making it more of you know that physical thing as well so anyway um Splitting it into sort of shifts as opposed to actually doing one consistent day, which is, yeah, perhaps the future. Maybe that is the future yeah. because, as you say, nine to five, you know, working in an office as the world becomes more joined up, as we become, you know, working more online, maybe actually getting into the office isn't going to be as important going forward. Um, so maybe the idea of, you know, leaving to go to work and coming home in the evening. Things are changing. Things are changing. That's why we're having these discussions. Um, but we're obviously getting close to the end now. Yeah. It's time to wrap it up. But be really interested to hear from dads yeah. about this subject. Yeah. And uh, every other subject, frankly. Yeah. So we are on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Mirror Parents. Yeah, at me, it is at Mirror Parents. At Mirror Parents. Or... Should not have thought Mirror. <laughs> you can find Rich and I both on, on Twitter with a, with a medium amount of research. Um and, uh, if you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing. Uh, and, and we do also have uh, an email address: firsttimedads at trinitymirror.com. Yep, that right. Yeah, trinitymirror.com. Uh, firsttimedads at trinitymirror.com. So please do feel free to email suggestions, questions, abuse if you like. You know, some people do. Uh, and also, of course, the key thing here is please do subscribe on iTunes, uh, review us, rate us. That does really help. Um, gives us an idea what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and do leave comments. Um, Tell your friends about us. And tell your friends and, you know, spread the word. Because hopefully we're, we'd like to think we're doing some good here. 
in terms of you know making everybody aware that they're not they're not alone in feeling certain ways they may feel um that a lot of us dads are all in the same boat so mm. uh, and and thanks for uh coming in Hanson. and then anybody who's interested in daddy life our website is sadlife.com and you can also sign up for all the newsletter and yeah, we're all over social as well, Facebook. With Daddy spelt in a very peculiar way. Yes, Daddy with an I. So D A D D I Life dot com. Nice. Feel a little bit quirky. A bit different. It is a very good website. Um, I've had a look at it thoroughly before Hanson came on. So and it is well worth a look. So, uh, thanks to Hanson for for joining us, and um, thank you for joining us. And hopefully we see you or hear you or listen to you next time. Thanks very much. Bye.